Welcome to Age Innovators, the series from the Healthy Aging Challenge Community of Practice, in which we spotlight pioneering innovations in longevity. We ask leading researchers and innovators what inspired their work and how it has the potential to impact people's lives. I'm Karen Wilkinson from Innovate UK KTN, and in this episode, Julia Glenn, Design Innovation Lead from the Innovate UK Healthy Aging Challenge, talks to Toby Benning and Caleb Adamu from Elate, which is an initiative from Cross Digital Limited, which is helping people navigate the complex world of care. Good morning, everyone. So I'm Julia Glenn, and I'm the innovation lead, the design innovation lead for the Healthy Aging Challenge. And I've had the real pleasure on the uh, Design for Aging uh, project um, to work with Toby and Caleb, who we'll be talking to today. So Toby and Caleb are from Elate and um, have done some amazing co-design work to bring some really intelligent technology into the care market. So Toby, I'm going to start with my first question to you. So first of all, let's set the scene. So can you tell us a little bit about um, your project and what inspired you to start? Well, thanks, Julia. Yeah, so it started with a personal experience um, back in early 2020. Um, I think listening to my parents sort of struggle with looking after their both their sets of uh, their parents and so my grandparents um, from a distance. We're based here in Devon um, and both sets are in Ireland and in Kent. And it was really difficult to hear how they were struggling to look after their own parents from a distance. Um, how do they find the right care? Is it, is, should it be support? Should it be care? Should it be domiciliary, which is from their own homes or should they go into to care homes? And all of their needs were very different and um, so I think that was the the catalyst I suppose to actually trying to help them figure out how to go about navigating that really complex um, landscape I suppose. Um, fortunately Kev and I in our business had already had clients in the care sector so we were well equipped to understand part of the problem um, but we set about going and going to trying to help them um, and notice there's some huge challenges within the existing system um, you know, there's things called care needs assessments that local authorities do. Uh, but as we all know, local authorities have got uh, funding that's been cut. And so that combined with the aging population in this country was was really what we decided that we needed to actually do something about it. Um, and so we, there's a great phrase, opportunity lurks where responsibility has been advocated. And so we decided that we actually felt um, compelled to, to do something about this. And so I think that was when um, the start of the concept of what we'll talk about today was was born um, and basically how we could support elder, elder people um, throughout the country. Yeah, just to add to that, um, Julia, um, the vision of Elite really is to titleize of a million people, the big vision, and um, we are doing this to enable them to access the care that they need seamlessly by integrating technology um, data and analytics and user-centered design and our approach to produce something that's for them rather than something that was forced on them. Yeah, and I think that's such a good point, isn't it, Caleb? Because um, as we grow older, so many of our choices are taken away from us. So um, where we and our loved ones can help um, design our own care in a very personalized way, it has to be a good thing. So Caleb, my next question is going to be um, for you. So um, 
I know some of the amazing um, co-design initiatives and co-design work you've undertaken to make sure that your technology is applied sensitively. Um, so through kind of that work and working with um, some of the end users um, within your project, um, tell us a bit about some of the challenges both paid and unpaid support workers and carers face. Yeah, um, COVID has made us realize how important the NHS and the care sector is to, to us. And um, it's definitely the people in this health sector who's um, doing the most intensive impact on the livelihood of people who are vulnerable or, or can't really take care of themselves. So um, our co-design sessions have really been engaging with our user groups. Um, we've got four user groups who are the care providers themselves. Um, the care workers, both former paid and unpaid care workers, um, people receiving the support and their family and friends. So getting them in a room, sometimes individually in the groups all together, has helped us to um, get the feedback from them about what the pain points are, what challenges they are going through. And it's been really insightful in helping us to define or create this um, software as a service platform that will make their lives or work easier in terms of support planning, um, assessments, as well as even finding recommendations that best suits the end user's needs. So the carer is very much at the forefront or improving the welfare or well-being of the carer is at the forefront of what we're doing. That's so good to hear, isn't it? Because so often the carer is forgotten in our kind of um, search for how to add value to the end user. The care, the carer's role is... Um, uh, becomes less important and it's so uh, and your work has been so valuable because you've been able to promote the role of the carer and how important it is in the whole care paradigm so um your strap line is amazing isn't it the grace joy and dignity and i think um as a company you really live by that and i think your work um really kind of lives by those um tenets but um toby perhaps um on the kind of grace, joy, and dignity themes, can you tell us um, some more about the key aims of your initiative? Yeah, absolutely. So, as you as you mentioned, our late uh, mission is to empower people to live with grace, joy, and dignity. Um, and as Kayla mentioned, that includes you know their friends, their family, older people themselves, and and also vulnerable people in the future. Um, so, the, the actual aim is to revolutionise elderly care in the UK. Um, with that empowerment. Um, so we're doing that by integrating technology, data analytics, um, user-centric design, as Caleb mentioned, having all those user groups actually in the co-design sessions, making sure that the technology works for them. So initially, someone will actually complete a care needs assessment, have a bespoke support plan built for them, um, and then those product and service recommendations. So it's a whole ecosystem. Um, and we're at a stage where um, we've got users on the platform. Um, we're going to have the hard launch um, uh, in 2024. And so we've got three beta test partners that we're working with at the moment. Um, so we're really excited by that as an opportunity. Um, they're in assisted living uh, and domiciliary care as well, care and support. Um, but we're also working with other charities. Um, there's some amazing charities down here in, in Devon in the Southwest, where there's um, a high demographic of, of older people. Um, but also there's um, lots of unpaid carers. And so we're, we're connecting with all those groups um, 
So I think the the main aims of the initiative, as, as Caleb said, is long term a million uh, people benefiting from the platform. Um, but the way we know we know we have to do that and uh, is to create these partnership work with charities, businesses that are also aligned with our values and our mission. How can we help them, and how can they help us as well? No, that's interesting. I think. Um... The reach in terms of the different organisations and different kind of stakeholder groups you've put around you has really um, added the kind of real insights and sensitivity into your project. So um, I'm really glad that you've been able to talk a bit more about that today. Um, so, Caleb, my next question is going to go to you. Um, and um, I kind of feel like I know the answer to this question, but it would be brilliant if you can um, explain for our podcast listeners today. So um, how do you feel that um, your work and your innov- your research and innovation, how do you feel that um, it is set apart from other kind of care platforms? What makes you different as an organisation and your initiative different? Yeah, so the Elite platform has been developed with, um, out of the pain points of our user groups and, and clients in the care sector. So um, the design of the platform and iterations and changes are, are demand-led um, based on the what we've identified from these co-design sessions that we've had. Um, we're very much a design-led company, and we adopt the double diamond um, methodology on Design Council, which as the four steps of discover, um, define, develop, and deliver. So in the develop, uh, discover, discovery um, phase, this allowed us to be a sponge to get all input from all these user groups and um, be in the same room with them, um, empathize with them, have empathy of what they're actually experiencing when, when they either need care or are delivering um, care. And that has been very valuable in making sure that we have the right product specifications when we come to the definition stage. Uh, we then take this back, um, design with our, in, our design tools, and then do the uh, code, the development, and then present it back to the users to test whether um, the assumptions that we came up with during the code design session are actually really valid and would work in the real world. And it's not; it doesn't end there. It's an iterative process. It goes back to the starts of Discover um whilst we present stuff and it'll be ongoing throughout the life cycle of this product um so that's been really really valuable and um also this is software as a service product so and we've built it to be web based so that it's accessible on any um device as well for all and even the lowest level it literacy should be able to um use it effectively that's so important, isn't it? And I think um, as kind of like someone who's um, worked with you over the last um, year or so, I think um, what you as a project have been able to do, um, which is probably why you have so much empathy and such great market understanding, is um, adapt your language and learn the type of language that you need to be using to draw the most out of your um, users and the co-design process. So I think that's been very, very impressive, that kind of real authentic empathy in terms of um, using language in a way that's accessible for people so that your technology can be accessible for people. And I think that's incredibly impressive. So 
Hopi, I'm going to take the next question to you. And this is kind of um, quite a high-pressure question. But um, so based on everything that um, uh, you've been saying in terms of like your reach and um, the kind of technological ease in terms of accessing the platform, um, how do you see in terms of your long-term vision, how do you see um, your innovation benefiting society in the broader economy? Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really good question. Um, I think, as you mentioned just now, we, we do start with humility and empathy, and I think that's why our product has been designed for, the, for those user groups we've mentioned. Um, and ultimately, we're trying to keep people in their own homes for as long as possible. Um, you know, empowering people to live with grace, joy, and dignity exactly means that. And so if we can help older people um, access the products and services they need, and be empowered to help help themselves uh, with their own support plans, with their own assessments, and also give their friends and family that confidence um, and autonomy autonomy to support them as well. It means that there'll be a, hopefully a reduction in healthcare costs. You know, long term, there's less people going into hospital, there's less burden on the NHS, um, and so on an individual level, it's it's going to be better for people. But on a sort of societal level, they'll be better. Um, and we want to promote longer, more productive working lives and remaining independent. Um, and we know how much of an impact it has, you know, stress as well on, on the friends and family when when you know your loved one is perhaps not receiving the support or care they should be, um, through no fault of it necessarily, any care workers, but just because they're not able to access that support. Um, and so ultimately, we think that there'll be a huge cost saving to, to the NHS um, and there'll be a better uh, benefit for the actual individual person and their friends and family. And on top of that, we've from our from our co-design sessions, um, from some of the legacy systems that uh, the care workers are using, um, after some of the design sessions, showing them the product, working with them. Um, literally, we've had people that were very despondent before, kind of closed arms at the start of the session. You know, walking out at the end of it, literally sort of cheering for us and. Um, you know, that's a very humbling moment, but we want that to continue as, as we um, build the product out. So, yeah, we think there's going to be some huge benefits longer term as well. Really, really interesting. So I suppose people who may have kind of given up or wanted to kind of disengage from the whole kind of um, care strategy or care um, plan have kind of been able to re-engage because um, of the accessibility of your platform and the kind of language that you use to help people engage with um, uh, designing their own care pathways. So that's um, a really kind of wonderful thing to hear that you've been able to kind of re-engage um, people in terms of taking an interest in their care because I suppose so many of us just want to park it, don't we? Because we don't know what options we have and um, what those best options might be. So that's um, that's very impressive and very interesting. So Caleb, I suppose um, leading on from um, uh, what Toby has been saying, I think um, what's always really interesting to hear in these kind of narratives is kind of like individual case studies and success stories that really bring to life how you've been able to um, kind of like draw users in and help them engage with their care journey. So. Um, Perhaps from your co-design experiences, it would be um, really interesting to hear about a bit about some kind of standout cases that have kind of, um, you know, at the end of the day, you've gone home and thought, wow, today was 
a great day. So it would be really good to hear about um, some individual success stories if you're able to talk a bit around that. Great. So as Toby mentioned, we have um, three beta partners and about 200 users on the platform now. And the, feed, the feedback has been really, really good. Um, anytime we've had a, a session, either training or feedback session or just getting um, more insights from them, it's been really positive anytime we present it to them because um, the main thing that um, carers especially or support workers are using at the moment is the um, support plan functionality that is sort of integrated with a calendar. So that allows them to be more efficient in delivering care when they go to visit rather than spending so much time on either replicating the same notes they have to take time and time again. We've made it really easy for them to predefine the tasks that they need to do, take them when they are there, and then add additional context notes if needed. But then you're not spending all their time doing paperwork rather than actually um, interacting with the person you're supposed to be supporting. So that's been really good feedback on that point to help them stay organized with care, especially uh, when um, delivering care. Also opening up the platform for um, family and friends, and even the person receiving support as well to contribute or see what's happening in the uh, care schedule has been really impactful. Because then um, we hear cases where people actually know what's happening with their care, lots of uncertainty there, but um, elates allows them to see what's happening um, into the future on the schedule, who is coming to visit me, who's um, doing what um, around the support that I need. And that's been really good um, feedback in that regard. That's really interesting because I suppose um, by having that information and knowing kind of like what your day is going to look like or what your week's going to look like, it removes all of that anxiety doesn't it and that's on both sides isn't it because it's the carer um, worrying about whether they're going to um, do a good enough job or do a sensitive enough job and then it's also um, the end user so um, that's really interesting to hear. So Toby following on from um, Caleb's insights into some of the um, kind of individual success stories um, um, can you talk a bit about what's on the horizon for Elate. I know um, there's been some uh, really interesting discussions within the project team about how you're going to um, use technology to provide even um, more kind of intelligent and sensitive insights. So I think it would be exciting for our podcast audience today to hear more about what's on the horizon. Yeah, so we're, um, as we mentioned before, us in the soft launch phase at the moment, um, collecting lots of user data from those 200 users um, with three beta test partners. Um, the hard launch will be in um, the start of 2024, uh, where we're looking for more care providers, um, such as assisted living or domiciliary to work with, so we can keep refining the platform, keep building it. Um, beyond that, we're also looking to expand um, our partnerships. We currently working with X University and Lancaster University who um, endorsed the business and supported us uh, as well as Set Squared and the Academic Health Science Network um, and local charities here in, in Devon um, such as West Bank who support unpaid carers. Um, so we're looking to expand our, our partnerships and work with other research institutions or care providers who we can help you know, solve their pain points and 
um, you know, also some of the big problems that they might be trying to solve um, in the healthcare sector. You know, hopefully that's something we can work with. Um, and potentially other organizations that are working with wearables as well. We know there's some great work going on um, in terms of stopping or reducing falls in people's homes um, and also helping them with everyday tasks. So we would love to work with um, businesses and charities and care providers who are, you know, all trying to solve the same problems that we are. Um, so that's really exciting. And um, yeah, we're really open to, to partnerships and collaborations very interesting because I suppose by making those partnerships and collaborations you get better insights you understand um, kind of people's pain points you understand the conversations that perhaps are difficult to have um, direct one-on-one so that's really interesting it's really interesting um, about um, the charities that you've worked with do do you think um, those charities have given particular insight in terms of kind of the unsupported and unpaid carer kind of view. Yeah, it's been incredible how generous people have, have been with their time. And um, I think that's obviously our mission resonates with a lot of people and it's very authentic and, and they know that we are trying to, to do that because we're willing to sit down and have those difficult conversations. And I think that one of the things that's really difficult for for unpaid carers or informal carers, which there's at least 4 million of in, in this country and could be up to 8 million, it's hard to define, is that often these people are, you know, daughters, sisters, uh, fathers, husband or wives, you know, they don't necessarily see themselves in, as an informal or unpaid carer. Um, they're simply a family member or a neighbour or a friend. So actually getting people to sort of understand that in order for them to gain some support, financial support, mental health support, all of those sort of things is very difficult because of the language that the government or organizations are using to define that type of person because they don't necessarily see themselves in that way. But absolutely they are, you know, along with paid workers, the bedrock of looking after people in this country is paid and unpaid carers. And, you know, at some point we we might all need that support. And so we need to be able to support those people, um, you know, during the times where they are looking after their loved ones or our loved ones so yeah now i think um it's really obvious um the kind of level of emotional intelligence in your project and um in terms of your project design and the way you offer your technology and service it's really obvious all of that kind of empathy and engagement work you've done i think that that's really really obvious from um the service that you provide so um i hope other innovators who are listening kind of um, pick up on those tips that kind of like talking wide and really having empathy for your end user and the broader stakeholder community is such a huge part of building something successful. So um, in the interest of time, I'm going to um, come to my last question. And um, Caleb, I'm going to um, take this to you. I wonder whether you both might want to comment on this. So, um, um, what in terms of your involvement and this project and your journey so far, and um, going back to that point about um, where there are gaps, there's a responsibility to provide something um, for society to make things better for us as we age. Um, what would be your overarching message to um, support entities like the government in terms of um, what you know and what needs to be done to 
um, to make businesses like yours a success, what would be the key points you'd like to say to kind of finish this podcast with some clear message? Yeah, look, I mean, without rustling any feathers, uh, we believe everyone needs to um, live a fulfilling life. And um, we are doing our part by trying to make that happen with our app, our web app. And we are committed to providing the best possible service or, or support. But um, continued funding in the area and be more empathetic to the needs of um, vulnerable and older people, this will be good um, to have more insights into. Um, there has been low funding for that sort of thing and more funding in that area will be will help as well. I don't know if you have anything else to add, Toby. No, yeah, just to add to that is that, um, you know, uh, older and vulnerable people do have a voice and they do want to be listened to and whether they're still working, um, you know, obviously some of the most important people in the world, um, leaders of countries are you know, well into their 80s. Um, so, you know, it can be done and people, you know, they want to give back still and they want to contribute whether they're still working or not working. And, um, you know, I think just having that empathy, as Caleb mentioned, listening um, and being kind and wanting to actually solve the pain points um, that they're experiencing and that their friends and family are experiencing is, is a great place to start. Um, and that's that's where we started and that's where we'll continue. Brilliant. Well, I think that's um, a wonderful kind of message to wrap up today's podcast on. And it's been my pleasure both working with you and talking you to talking to you today. And um, it's it's really really inspiring to hear how you know listening, co-design, empathy, and offering platforms differently, and um, having that willingness to adapt to. Um, what the market tells you. It's been um, really inspiring to hear those clear messages. So thank you, Caleb and Toby, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you very much, Julia. Thank you very much, Julia. Thanks for joining Age Innovators and watch out for more episodes. This series is brought to you by the Healthy Aging Challenge Community of Practice, hosted by Innovate UK.